Everybody say this after me. I thank you, Father, that your word has the power to change my life. Today I give heed to it. I allow it to go into my ears and into my mind and then into my spirit. I am a hearer of the word and a doer of the word and I will never be the same after today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. And uh, last week, Pastor Steve talked about reading the Bible in 2019 and the value in becoming familiar with the Word in your heart and hiding it in your heart. And I've been doing the uh, Bible through a year for the last few years, and it has changed my life. It has made a huge impact in my life, and I'm super glad that we're doing that together. And so today, I just want to kind of springboard off of that and talk about, in addition to hiding the word in your heart, I want to talk about hiding peace in your heart as well. So let's take a look real, real quick at Philippians and in Philippians chapter 4, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I know that we've got this new year coming up, and I dare say that there were some, uh, there was some anxiety or potential for anxiety in this past year that has happened in some of our lives. And I'm sure there were some amazing things and some great things, but there may have been some times in our lives that tempted us with worry or fear or even full-blown anxiety. And there, there were some things that maybe you would rather not have repeat in this coming year. And so one of the things that's very evident as I read through the Bible is that there is nothing new to man. And so things in the world and circumstances around us are sometimes good and they're sometimes not so great. And one of the things about humans is that we seem to struggle with controlling the circumstances and the world around us. And so we do the best that we can, and, um, but one of the things that we can't control, is, well, sometimes we don't value it enough, is, is the things that we can control is ourself and how we react to the circumstances around us. And you see, I believe that you can have two people that go through the exact same circumstances and have two totally different reactions and experiences and two totally different outcomes from those circumstances. And not because of the circumstances, but because of their reactions to the circumstances or the lack thereof. And so there is a certain amount of authority that we have in the world around us, as long as it doesn't override other people's free will. And, and God has given us that authority in the world that we live in. 
But there's also a, thir- a certain authority that we have that sometimes we neglect. And that's the authority over our own outlook and our own reactions to the stimuli and the circumstances that are around us. And so today, we're going to talk about the peace of God that surpasses all understanding in the context and in the understanding that the peace of God is not because your situation improves. Now, I'm not saying that your situation can improve, shouldn't improve, or won't improve. But what I am saying is that when your peace is as a result of the circumstances improving, and if in this next year you are hoping and praying that you're going to have a good year because circumstances improve, as opposed to to knowing that you're going to have a good year in this next year because of the peace on the inside of you, regardless of the circumstances, you might be sorely discouraged by the year that is to come. Now, today, we're going to talk about how to ensure that latter peace that I'm talking about, that uh, and, I, and I believe that we are here today because we're all persuaded and interested in the idea that maybe, just maybe, only God can take what's wrong and broken and make it right. You know, for this coming year, I need more than circumstances to be better. I do need them to be better, but I need more than that. I need more than a better mood, or I need more than positive thinking. I need something that is going to last. I need something that is going to endure. And so with all of my heart, I am persuaded that 2019 is going to be better for you, for me, but we've all lived long enough to know that this coming year will come with its own challenges. And the things that um, I struggled with last year needs to be made right this year, and that happens on the inside of me. And what we need is a peace that is not merely a gift given to you by your uh, amazing and improved circumstances and all your problems being solved. And so the portion of Scripture that we're reading today says that when we talk to God, that we would be granted a peace, and not just a general peace or a normal peace, you know, and I'm familiar with this typical peace, normal peace, um, the global peace, meaning the peace that in that people anywhere at any point can experience, based upon positive situations um, and circumstances. For instance, a raise, a marriage, a new child. Um, All of these things are wonderful, and we should enjoy these things. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing inherently wrong with any of that. But the situation is that through the peace of God, there's nothing wrong with peace that's just peace. But Philippians speaks of a higher peace, a peace of, of God. That is the kind of peace that I am desiring in 2019. And so, come what may, there are going to be challenges. 
And I don't need to be a prophet today to tell you that not every day in this upcoming, upcoming year is going to be sailing or uh, is going to be smooth for you and, and yours. And so what we need now, having looked back at the year that was in preparation for the year that is, what we need is a peace of God. We don't just need peace. Now, as I said, I am familiar with just run-of-the-mill peace, and I respect it, and I love it. I love fluffy pillows and blankets, just like you do. And I, I love popcorn and with a great movie, just like you do. And I am very familiar with that kind of peace. And it has its place. The issue is that it just doesn't stick around when you need it most. What we need is a peace of God that actually continues when my understanding stops. And so the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. The Bible can't exaggerate. It can't lie. It can't tell you to do something that God himself would not enable you to do. And it says to be anxious for nothing nothing don't be anxious about the biggest things the smallest things or anything in between no anxiety ever be anxious for nothing so when you read that you've got to ask yourself the question how in the world is that possible how could i ever you know what? There are people in here that uh, we all have varied levels of struggle and anxiety. But not one of us in this room, probably the, uh, the anxiety didn't touch our lives in some way in 2018. And there, then there are some people in here that anxiety has been the Goliath in your life. And you can say, Mike, it's easy for you to stand up there and say, be anxious for nothing. And to be honest, anxiety can be a debilitating sensation and a debilitating outlook and perspective. In fact, the, according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, 40 million Americans over the age of 18 are infected by anxiety. And one in six Americans take some kind of psychiatric or anti-anxiety drug. And yet... The Bible is so bold. You know, we think about these ancient Philippians, and we think somehow that they were robots, that somehow they didn't have the problems that we had. They didn't have the pain. They didn't have the issues. They didn't have the struggles that we have. They didn't have social media or mobile phones, and so it was easier for them. No, see, they had their own contextual challenges and difficulties their own bouts with fear and anxiety. And yet, they are told in Scripture, don't ever be anxious. That's impossible. Unless, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayers and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known with, to God. So you see, the Bible doesn't just command you without actually empowering you in how to do it. 
And see, that's what I want to talk to God more in 2019, because in a moment, as we unpack this more, we're going to camp out in this verse today. And we're going to find out that we're going to get closer to God, and with that closeness to God comes who He is and His essence. And part of what makes God God is that He is peace. You see, peace is not an exterior quality that God gives you. It is who he is. I need that peace. I think we need that peace. I am tired of anxiety playing a significant role in our lives. I can be anxious for nothing. We can be anxious for nothing. How? In everything. When do you pray? What do you pray? Where do you pray? Everything, anywhere, and any time that you can talk to God, He is not far. He is near and He is listening. And you can say, Micah, I don't even know if I believe in Jesus. I don't even know if I consider myself to be a Christian. Well, and you better start talking to God then. Ask Him to be real. Ask him to show himself. Ask him to move into your world. And if God is God, let him be God. I can argue that if you don't know God, maybe you should talk to God more than those of us that do. So in everything, we can talk to God. And with it comes such an extraordinary promise. It's difficult to believe that we are not going to be anxious for anything, but in everything, we're going to make a request in prayer and supplication. We're going to make a request known to God. And the peace of God, you know what? I think that one of the reasons Paul says that prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, you see, um, I, I think he gives us three different ways to pray. Now, those aren't the only three ways, but they are three ways, significant ways to bring us peace. And so the word prayer, the first word prayer there just means generic talking. It just, you don't have to have a religious tone. You don't have to use thee or thou. You don't have to get intense. You can just talk to him like a friend. Hey, God, I love you. You're the best. And, you know, I'm, I'm going through this situation and... And I'm just really depending upon your wisdom that you've placed in me. And, uh, y you know, it's, it's a regular talking to God. And so, but supplication is intense prayer. It's that very intense where you claim the word of God over your circumstances and over your situation. And you speak the word of God. And sometimes it's loud and boisterous. And those of you that grew up in, in churches some churches we were led to believe sometimes that this is the only kind of prayer this intense supplication that if you weren't yelling it wasn't actually effective <laughs> i mean it's an amazing prayer and there's nothing wrong with it it makes you look like jesus it makes you look spiritual and well, i mean you are spiritual if you supplicate but it's not the only kind of prayer now when you supplicate though you have to be into the prayer and you're intense and you're focused and and you get out maps of the world and you start putting flags places and and claiming souls and that kind of thing and that has its place but it's not the only way to pray and we can't make it the only way to pray 
And sometimes you're just talking to God. You're driving along and you're sharing your feelings with him. And then sometimes um, you are intense and supplication. And then sometimes you just say, thank you. You know, thanks, thank you is always an appropriate prayer. And I think we underestimate it. And m much of the time, I think talking to God should simply be thank you. I wait, most mornings when I wake up, I journal. And, and at, after I journal, I have three things that I just write down that I'm thankful for every day. And, and they're different. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. It could be as simple as the car I'm driving, the gas that's in it, uh, the, my ability to feed my family, uh, my family itself, the breath in my lungs, the sunrise was gorgeous this morning. Thank you for friends and church. Uh, this morning I got up, and one of the things I was thankful for is you guys, that God had given me an amazing church like this. And I'm honored, uh, and how honored I am to be able to speak God's word in this church, that God had trusted me with that. And so we can just say thank you to him. And so those are the three ways that Philippians states that we can pray, that we can just talk, or we can get intense, or we can just simply say, thank you. But if you'll do that anywhere and any time that you feel the desire and the impulse of anxiety, I'm telling you that it will squelch and it will conquer and it will overwhelm the anxiety that you seem to be in a fight with when it feels like you're losing. Be anxious for nothing but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be known to god now and and that's an interesting phrase let your requests be known to god can i ask you a question does god know your questions before you even ask look look at me or look with me in matthew in chapter six and uh, verse seven it says when you pray don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need before you ask Him. So, is God in heaven? I mean, when you start talking to Him, is God in heaven surprised by your request? You know what? None of it's news to God. It says, let your request be known to God. And I mean, uh, part of the writing here is kind of sneaky. Uh, Paul is saying something by saying something else. Because if you know God and the nature of God and Scripture interprets Scripture, then the idea here is not the big wow that, aha, God can read your mind. It is that when you talk to God, it's not for God. It's for you. Who is prayer for? God or you? Uh, it's for you. You see, it is a play on words. Because when I make known to God, you, you see, what happens is, now I now know that I've made known to God my requests and that changes me so when i pray and i speak the word 
I not only am speaking things into existence and I'm not only have the authority that he gave me but also I feel a peace like I've just partnered with God that he has given me his authority and that I am a tool in his hand that he is using me and so if I'm a hammer and he is the carpenter then I am depending upon his strength in order to do what he needs to do. But he is depending upon me to hit the nail on the head. And so I am aware of and I feel like I am a part and a partner of with the God of the universe. That I am being used and suddenly anxiety fades away. I'm partnering with the God of the universe that concern that turns into fear that and turns into anxiety is suddenly gone so let's look at first peter 5 7 real quick first peter 5 7 simply says cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you it says that i can cast all of my cares on him because he what cares for me so if you don't hear anything else today, can I just say something to you and your family and your job and your circumstances? He cares. He cares. He's not too busy for you. He's got a lot to deal with, but he's not too busy. He wants to hear. He wants to listen. He already knows every detail of your life, past, present, future. But when you make known to him you make known to yourself that he in fact is in your life and that he has a he has empowered you you see it's a form of communication and relationship but it's also a form of worship and see anxiety tries listen anxiety tries to drive you to worship the problem instead of your God but prayer reminds you that that there is one who sits in the heavens and he laughs at his enemies that the earth is his footstool it's his ottoman he just puts his feet up on it and all of a sudden I'm like you know what I, I think I'm going to be okay because I have the power and authority that's been given to me and I'm going to speak the word and Jesus Asked the, listen, Jesus asked the disciples, could you pray with me? Could you spend some time? Could you pray for one hour? Could you tear with, tarry with me one hour? But you know what? Uh, that never actually instituted or implied that you had to pray one hour if you were going to pray. And there's no arbitrary timetable in prayer. There's no absolute. Jesus gives us a guide. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. But there is no specific you don't have to memorize the Lord's Prayer. The point is that the, at the very least of the Lord's Prayer is that you understand that you've got a dad that you can talk with like a dad, that, like the way kids talk to their dad. You know what? Not one time in my 16 years of being a father has Josiah had to prepare a speech in order to approach me. It's pretty simple. Dad what i need money 
It's that simple. Or, Dad, um, you know, I love you. Or, Dad, um, can we go do this? Or can we go do that? I, I want you to lean in for just a second. And I want to talk with you about the peace of God. You see, nowhere in this writing does it allude to or point to this idea that, that peace, this outside emotion that we go and acquire and that we, that we go and, and get. You see, the connection of God or the peace of God, it's telling us about His essence. It's telling us about His person. You see, what Paul is alluding to here is not about God correcting you in an emotion that he somehow, uh, that he created and innovated and you should have peace and, and that he tries to give you that. No, it's not that. You see, the peace of God means that you <clears throat> come into contact with the person of God and with that person of God comes peace because that's who, who he is. In fact, that's his nature. And so what actually this is saying is that when you talk to God, when you spend time with him, he imparts his nature with you. You get more of God. You get closer to God. And the closer that you get to God, the closer that you get to peace. And the more that you and God are together, the more that, that, that you are in peace because he is the prince of peace. It's his name. He is the essence of peace. And so you can no more separate peace from God than you can separate love from God. It's who he is. It is from his very essence. We, we are who we hang around. And so the peace of God is not an exterior emotion that you, that you acquire through travail in, in prayer. It is simply two people coming together and one rubbing off on the other and who he is and what is true about him moves into your space and into your brain and into your spirit and all of a sudden you have something that is transcended above your circumstances he is the prince of peace it is, the, it is the peace apparent in your life, in your daily life. And I would describe the peace of God in three ways here. Let's look. The peace of God is, uh, first of all, it's a general sense of God. Although, for whatever reason, now you now have a general sense of God. Just by telling him what's on your mind, you become aware of his presence. See, when it comes to, talk to talking to God, don't talk to God about what you think you should talk to God about. Talk to God about what you want to talk to God about. It's not a religious thing. What's actually going through your mind? And so sometimes, to be honest, for me, it's mumbo-jumbo. And then sometimes it's, it's, it's very insignificant and small, and sometimes it's grand and beautiful, and it's, and it's asking God for, for nations and cities. But it's not always like that. Just talk to God because he already knows what's on your mind. And what will happen is you will begin to get a sense of God and become aware 
of his presence in your life we forget he's there you see god is always present in your life and in my life the issue is not that god's not there or he's not there strong enough the issue is is that we're not aware that he's there see he's he's omnipotent he's as strong as he's going to be and so suddenly we get this confidence because we get a sense that god is in fact near it's not that he wasn't near before you prayed it was just by hearing yourself talk to god that you become more aware of the fact that he is not far but he is near and he is your present help in time of trouble he is your friend he that sticks closer than a brother because prayer changes you not god and all of a sudden we get a sense that wow god is big he's real he's good and so secondly not only get a general sense that god is there and, he, and he's real but you get a very specific sense of god that god is guarding you now if you were living in philippi and you received this letter you would understand the the rule of rome because you see rome is ruling philippi at this particular time and and what these um, these readers of this letter would have understood is that there were Roman soldiers all over the landscape and all over the city of Philippi and the presence where the presence of Roman soldiers were was a declaration that this belongs to Rome and Roman soldiers belong to protect they're there to protect and guard everything that was under the domain of Rome and so that's true of us in the kingdom of God that when we articulate whatever it is that's on our mind the Bible says we will get a sense that God is standing guard at our heart because our heart is a part of his kingdom his domain and our heart is his and he will protect our heart and our minds that he will stand guard when we sleep and he and he will send off all of those those haunting and horrific thoughts and emotions that debilitate you in your daily life or to keep you from sleeping at night he will play he will he will be guard at your heart and he will guard you and lastly not only do you get a general sense of god and a specific sense of god guarding you but you also get a sense of god ruling in your life and, and see that's the kind of peace that i need that's the kind of peace that we need is a sense of god ruling in our lives a sense of him ruling over our country and the countries of the world no matter what comes out in the press we can trust that we've got a god that is near and that he guards and that he rules in our lives we need a peace that is beyond our circumstances in this coming year. And, I, and it continues and it says, listen, the joy, it's not up there, but it says the joy of the Lord will be our strength. And we will continue to fight the good fight. 
not the bad fight, not the wrong fight, but the good fight. You see, air fight is for humanity. It is for people. See, air fight is not political. It's not territorial. Air fight is spiritual because our fight is for the dignity and the value and the salvation of every single human being. And our ultimate goal is not just that nations come together or that, uh, that politicians come together or that our lives come together or that things are fixed. That's not just, uh, it's not just the White House or the schoolhouse or the, the church house or your house. Our fight is that eternal souls are connected with our creator and would spend eternity with him. You see, the reason that I need more peace coming up this year is because when we don't have peace in our lives, the peace of God in our lives, we begin to get selfish about our attention and the things that we do. You see, we're all called to be at peace and prosperous and powerful and, and, and to walk in dominion in the world that we live in for one reason and one reason alone. And that is so that we can focus on the hearts and the souls and to help the people that are around us. But when we're, we're so consumed with our own lives and our own lack of peace, then the devil is one. Because we're not focused on the lost and the dying in our workplaces, in our schools, and in our communities. We're thinking about us. I say, I mean, let, let's get over the anxiety and let's have peace and, uh, to where that surpasses all understanding so that we can be other-centered, that we can think about those that are lost and dying. And listen to this. I like this part. We can't forget the last part. In Christ Jesus. In Jesus Christ. Man, if you've been in the news lately, you've been into a mess. I need, I need some days where I'm in Christ Jesus. I need... We, we are one family in Christ Jesus. You're my brother in Christ Jesus. You're my sister in Jesus. And I don't care what your political views are. I don't care what your opinions are. You're my brother. You're my sister in Christ. And I need to walk in Christ. And I am convinced and persuaded that this coming year for you can be a year dominated by the peace of God that you could focus on being God's hands and his feet to the world. He's a carpenter and he needs you to be his hammer. He needs you to, to, be, um, to, to reach out, to be his church and his life, to reach out because you walk in ultimate peace. And I'm of the belief that it is gonna be essential that we experience this peace of God if we're gonna be an agent of change in our families, and in our communities, and in our country, and in our schools, and in our workplaces, everywhere we go, that we are going to have to walk in this peace that I speak of. Would you stand with me? If you're here today, and you may say, I'm fighting fear, I am experiencing some serious fear this next week 
would you just slip your hand up right now? If you, if you struggle with fear, anxiety, worry, just put your hand up. And I just pray that God would encourage you, continue to encourage you. And I just believe that you're going to receive the victory that's been given to you through Jesus. And if you've been fighting with anxiety recently, I just, I, I just believe that the peace of God is going to wash over you as you begin to spend time with him and pray with him and become more aware of his presence. Father, I just thank you right now that for, for all the hands that are throughout this room, I thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear. That fear has not been given by you. You don't give us a spirit of fear. You don't guide with it. You don't, um, you don't build by fear. You don't lead by fear. And you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. We thank you, Father, that our, our minds and our hearts are going to be guided by you, that they're going to be dominated by the peace of God. And with your person and with your essence, that it reminds us that you are God and you are ruling and that you are the one in charge. And you laugh at your enemies. God, lift up our eyes, change our viewpoint and our, and our perspective that we can see our world the way that you see it. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're here and you say, you know what, Micah, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't know God, but I need the peace that you're talking about. I need God, the, the Prince of Peace, in my life. We want to pray with you. We're not going to bring you up in front of anybody or, or embarrass you or anything like that. But if that's you and you know that you are far from God and you need to, to have him in your life and you want to make a decision to follow Christ right now with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, just slip up your hand right now. I see that hand. Who else? Don't walk away from here without the peace of God. Who else? We have some people in the house that want to give their lives to Christ this morning. So just give it up for them right now. And so I want to pray with you. I believe that God changes lives, that he turns things around. And let me tell you, he died on the cross for your sins and rose again. And all of us have made mistakes and all of us have sinned. And uh, what he did on the cross was he paid for each and every one of those sins. And the Bible says that um, he paid for our sins and what he wants to do is trade. Look, uh, he deserves heaven and everything that God gives us and we deserve death and hell. And so he conquered death and hell and he just offers us this simple trade. And he says, if you'll give me your life, I'll give you my life. And I'll I've already paid for what you deserve and you get to have what I deserve. It's not fair. Nothing you can do to earn it. It's his gift to you. And so we are all, we're, most of us have already done this and we're gonna pray with you a prayer that I'm gonna lead you in. 
And as you pray this prayer, there's nothing magical about the words except for this, your commitment of your life and your surrender of your life to God. So let's all pray together. Father, I believe that your son, God, Jesus, died on that cross and paid for my sin. And I believe that you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. Now I turn from my sin and I give my life to you in full. And I thank you for your life. And I will never walk away from you. And I will always pursue you. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give it up for our new brother and sister.